Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We just form a fucking wall. O'Neal deep on the post, lots of contact there. Oh, what a block by Wallace! What wow. a jump ball! This team's down four, 12 8, 7 38 to play the first half. First from Rodney, stuck into the rim! Reggie inside for Andre, and a dynamite dunk! Hello Pistons fans, and welcome to another edition of the Palace of Pistons podcast. Brendan Johnson, Aaron Johnson with you here this week. Ryan Pay out with the flu, and you know, typically we'd rag on some people not being here, but hoping that Ryan can feel a little bit better, definitely been down uh, really since the beginning of 2019, so he's yet to have a day without the flu here in the new calendar year. So we're sending the best to Ryan, and well, Ryan's been feeling about equally as bad as the Pistons have been playing, with the exception of a road trip finale victory in Memphis the other night, Detroit. Still just a couple games out of the sixth seed, and right in the mix in the Eastern Conference, sitting at 17 and 19, Aaron. But a Detroit basketball team right now that we talked about a roller coaster. Up and down they go, and until the last game of the road trip, they were spiking down pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, you look at the way that they played in that road trip. You start off with Indiana where they got absolutely thwarted, and, and they never had control in that game. They never really had good stretches in that game uh, where Indiana just outplayed them the entire way through. Uh, obviously, Orlando's game, even though they only lost by two points, is probably the worst loss of the road trip because that's an Orlando team that you should have beaten. Mm-hmm. And the way that Orlando won uh, on a game winner that uh, teams have seen before, so it should have been scouted. And for Stanley Johnson to overplay him on the right side so that Fournier was able to get a lane open towards the basket for an easy shot, uh, you know, that was tough, tough to handle. You know, you think Detroit should have won that game. Uh, they had the momentum going into that final possession, and then you know there should have been overtime, uh, and Detroit should have been able to beat an Orlando team that's n- just not as good as them. But you drop that game, and then you go back uh, to Milwaukee, a team that beat you in a close game uh, in Detroit just a few weeks back, and you get just absolutely outplayed again. It was just like the Indiana game where Detroit doesn't come out, they don't have it, and throughout the entire game, it's Milwaukee just pounding on them. And then you go to the Memphis game, second night of a back-to-back. Memphis, one of the best offensive teams in the league. Probably a game that you would expect Detroit to lose. And they outplay Memphis the entire time. They were in control the entire time. You know, they weren't up 15, 20 points, but they were just always a couple shots ahead. They're always a play ahead of Memphis. So for them to win that game instead of a game like the Orlando game, or or even both of them, you know, it's kind of a head-scratcher. Uh... But that's really what this Detroit team has been. They are head-scratching. The way that they play, the the teams that they beat, the teams that they lose to, the way that they lose, it just never really seems to add up. And that's the issue with this team. It's one of the issues with this team. But it also it just goes to the point that this is just a really average team right now. The team doesn't have the... And that's the, still being nice, I think, to say it's a very average team. Because, like, they are, but at the same time, they just sometimes don't even play like they're an average team. Well, I think it's I think the thing with this team is that they're average in a sense of, you know, if they continue to play this way, they'll probably still be the eighth seed. But there's really no hope right now for them to 
even challenge for the the four, five, or six seed right now. Mm-hmm. The way that they play, you just don't. I just I, right now, I cannot buy into them. You know, figuring this out. Maybe Ishmith's return helps that, but right now, I just think there's too many holes with this team. There's too much inconsistency with this team, and like I think I've said every single podcast this season. It's Blake Griffin's doing what he's been doing every single night, and he's just hoping that one other guy can go out there and mm-hmm. have a, at least a above-average game. <clears throat> you know, Reggie Bullock, Andre Drummond, Reggie Jackson, Luke Kennard, someone off the bench, somebody to come out and, and put some other points up. Because Blake Griffin has been forced to do everything. Yeah. Well, you look at that Memphis game, 26 points, 8 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, and no turnovers. And that maybe is the most impressive part because Blake, with you know, being anytime you're a high volume ball handler, high volume um, playmaker, you know, you turn the ball over a little bit because you're just making so many plays, you're bound to turn it over. And for him to go in that game, play 39 minutes, and not turn the ball over once in that Memphis game, it's a, it's a huge difference and a reason why Detroit was able to hold on to get the victory. Well, and when they played the night before in Milwaukee and he locked 33 minutes in a blowout game where Dwayne Casey should have had him out the entire fourth quarter but he played about 6-7 minutes in the fourth quarter you know and it's not like he had a bad game there he had 29 points 9 boards 4 assists he did turn the ball over but you know he logged big minutes was a big performer and he came out the next night and did his job at an even Mm -hmm. higher level and you know you just don't see that with the rest of this team Bruce Brown has had a couple bad offensive games Reggie Bullock He's treading in inconsistent waters right now. I don't think Andre Drummond's been great lately. The only player uh, in this back-to-back, at least, was Reggie Jackson. That was at least a consistent threat. Against Milwaukee, he had 19 points. He had 16 against Memphis. Against Memphis, he had 7 rebounds and 5 assists with that as well. You know, He's playing a little bit better mm-hmm. basketball, and I think mm-hmm. it's him finding his comfort, him being able to handle the ball a little bit more. But, you know, he still had two bad games before that and we talked about Reggie Jackson on last week's pod how it maybe looked like he was starting to put it together and they followed it up with two bad performances now he has two good performances there's got to be a mode of consistency with this team and we they just have not found it yet and it's hard to believe that they ever will now 36 games into the season well that's the thing I mean if anybody saw even my Twitter video from earlier last week it was like you're you're a half game better or a game better right now in the standings than the Orlando Magic like do you feel good about this if you're a Pistons fan? Because the Orlando Magic are a team that you know very easily could bottom out and then start tanking for you know a pick. The Pistons, on the other hand, are a team that should be topping out and and be fighting for a top four seed. And even if they don't end up getting it, being in that mix and competing for it every single night. And with this team, you just you just don't see it. You saw for about the first 15 games, you really saw some fight every single night. And, and even while they were, I mean, they were about 500 in that stretch too. They started off hot, they teetered off, and they, they started the roller coaster even back then, right? But I think you really have to look at this organization. You really have to look at this team, and you have to say, damn, like there is a problem here. And you have no good answer. Because Aaron, you even you tweeted this, and I'll paraphrase, but I'll be pretty darn close. People that think that you could just trade Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson and get a top 35 to 40 player in the NBA, I'm sorry. You need to sit back. You need to ask yourself, would you, would you accept that deal? 
If you're giving up a Bradley Beal, if you're trying to move a guy on your team that's a valuable piece, and you know maybe you're you're like Washington trying to get into that tanking mode, but you're gonna take out Reggie Jackson and Stanley Johnson, would you trade a top thirty-five player of the league for those two guys? There's not a chance. There's not a chance. Like that's what people need to start understanding when you start looking at these trade scenarios. People don't want what you have. Like, I'm sorry. They just don't want it. Because they look at what Detroit has been, and they go, man, that's a team that's had some talent, and they have failed miserably. Since the beginning of the Stan Van Gundy era, they have failed miserably. I don't want those guys. Maybe a guy like Luke, maybe you could pull off a trade for Stanley, but you're not going to turn in well, big returners. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. Justin Holliday of the Chicago Bulls was traded yesterday, and he got back Wayne Seldon and Marshawn Brooks. I'm not sure either of those guys is really going to contribute. They're decent players, but he also got back two second-round picks, and that's for Justin Holiday, who's having a slumping season. You know, he's only shooting 36% from the three-point line. It's a guy that, you know, one of his greatest attributes is his ability to shoot the long ball. Um, but you look at the wing market, and if Justin Holiday can get two second-round picks, Stanley Johnson's going to have trade value because he's younger, has more upside, and there's just more to him, right? So, so how much more trade value? That's what you, you really can't. I don't think as just someone from outside the league, I can put an actual value on him. But there's something there with Stanley Johnson. If Detroit wants to move him, or if Detroit wants to move another wing, like Reggie Bullock, they're going to get value because wings right now, people are paying for wings. And Detroit has a couple more, I would say, better wings than Justin Holiday in Bullock and Stanley Johnson. And when they have other wings on the roster, in mm-hmm. Luke Kennard, in Bruce Brown, Kyrie Thomas, who we're going to get into. But if Detroit wants to try to make a splash, they're going to have to give up one of those top top wings. Ultimately, I think, would be to make a move at point guard. Right. Well, we've talked about that a little but bit. But let's even be honest. Even if you want to move one of them and you talk about the value, and obviously, yeah, you can't fully predict, but you're still not going to land somebody that's going to come in and instantly make your team from, oh, we're going to teeter around the 6-8 to eight seed to, okay, we're going to be a 4 seed. You're just not going to get that. Because, again, nobody wants what you have. Like, even Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard would definitely you know be valuable on the market, but not to the extent that you need. Like, not to the extent that you must get to improve your roster. Because you look at this Pistons roster... And you go, this team should be much better. you got a max center in Andre Drummond. You've got Blake Griffin playing his best basketball probably in three, four seasons. And you look at Reggie Jackson, a guy that, hey, when he's been healthy, the Pistons have had success. He has been, you know, this big X factor for the Pistons. You've got a young Stanley Johnson who's finally solidified his role as a sixth man and playing good basketball in that spot. You've got Reggie Bullock, a former first-round pick that's finally coming out of his shell last year and this year, shooting the ball well. A guy that's getting maybe, even if Blake's the one that's pushing, gets some more national recognition, like, hey, let's get this guy in the three-point contest, things like that. So you've got some emerging guys on your roster. This team should just flat out be better. They should just be better. And at what point do Pistons fans get sick of this team underperforming year in and year out? And it doesn't matter who's on the sidelines because it's now happened for the last 10 plus years. And granted, there were some years where the Pistons were down and you didn't expect them to be good, but even the last few with Stan Van Gundy, 
you think back to the, like the year when they brought in like Charlie V and Ben Gordon. Now they were supposed to be good and they've underperformed. Going back to them, this is a team that's underperformed or been at the expected level of below average. That's what you got. And you got Tom Gores, who's all in on this win-now mindset, who's all bought in. We've got a superstar in Detroit. And everybody loves Blake. And I am so happy to see Blake playing good basketball. But your value on the market for a guy like Stanley Johnson, for a guy like Reggie Bullock, is going to probably center around getting a project player in return. And... If you're lucky, a first-round pick, more likely a second or a couple second-round picks. But either way, draft picks lead to building for the future. Draft picks build or lead to building your foundation. This is a team that has pretty much said, we don't care about the draft. We care about winning now. That's not true. They care about winning now, though. They care about the draft, though. They want it but, traded but for draft. Relative. Relative. Like, this is a team that... Is going to go I don't, all in. They, their ideal return is not picks. Okay. Their ideal return yeah. is somebody that helps them get better now. Fair enough. But it's also a new regime compared to last year's regime. And Detroit made It's the it same a, ownership. Doesn't matter. Same ownership, that's and that's what they that's want. That's false, because Stan Van Gundy had a different mindset than Ed Stefanski and Dwayne Casey do. Ed Stefanski went out and traded for a second-round pick and is trying to get young talent on this team because... That's a new way that teams are getting better. They're finding young talent, and they're playing young talent. And so far, it looks like those are two guys that have a future in this league. They do. And listen, you're not you're not necessarily wrong there, but at the end of the day, Tom Gores is still the guy in charge. And Tom Gores has said on numerous occasions, this team is going to win now. We are in to win now. We are trying to make Detroit a contender again. That's his mindset. And though he has no idea how to do it, that is his philosophy. So even if Ed Stefanski has got a better approach of let's let's try to work through the second round, see what we can hit, and you know obviously do what we can with the first round picks, you still are reporting to a guy that says we need to win now, make us win now, make moves, be better, win games. That's what your owner is saying. Now your owner, I don't believe, has any clue how to actually build a winner. And I think if he let Ed Stefanski do it the right way, the Pistons could eventually build a winner. I think you got a great piece in Stanley off the bench. I think you got a great piece in Bruce Brown. I think you got a guy in Luke Kennard that you've got to continue to work with. It could be good, could be great, but you just don't know because of the talk about the inconsistencies, right? At least Bruce Brown has been pretty consistent in his level of play, his level of energy and effort every single time on the floor, and you know you're going to get that, right? But... Tom Gores is not going to let Ed Stefanski build this the ideal way he'd like. Because let's say he takes two or three years of hitting on a second-round pick, maybe hitting on a late first-round pick. Guess what? Blake's going to be almost out of a contract. And then you're going to have to you're going to start over. This whole thing is a terrible cycle. And I said this when the Blake Griffin trade happened. I love Blake Griffin. I love that he's in Detroit making plays. I love that he's bringing some attention to Detroit basketball. There is definitely a benefit to this. But when you write out the pros and the cons and you really evaluate, that move was an investment of we are going all in on this Detroit Pistons roster that is grossly underperformed. 
and you brought in a guy that's a high-volume player in terms of needing the basketball, takes the ball out of Andre's hands, takes the ball out of Reggie's hands, and let's just be honest, it hasn't really worked. It's not, but that's not the Blake Griffin's fault whatsoever. It's not. It's not. I'm not blaming. Because I'm, listen, it's not I'm, working, not, I'm not blaming. Doesn't Blake. mean it's Blake Griffin's I'm fault. Not, Blake listen, Griffin has played, like you said, he has, the best basketball. He has. Let, let me talk. Blake Griffin has played the best basketball that he's played in three to four seasons. He's played very darn close to an MVP, MVP caliber rate. It's the other guys that have come out and not played up to their level that I they know. need to play. You're not wrong. And Andre Drummond and Reggie Jackson mm-hmm. and the rest of this team. So to go out and get Blake Griffin when you have the opportunity to bring in a player of that caliber, you do that every single time. Okay. Now you That's have to where rely, I disagree. Now you have to rely on Ed Stefanski to work through the draft to the for the, for the development team where they have three guys, three player development coaches. That's a lot of spending money on guys to develop your young talent along with the rest of the coaching staff that you have. So they're spending big so this is that so that this young talent can grow. Now it falls on where, what are our top guys doing? Andre Drummond. I don't think Drummond's played great this season. Reggie Jackson has certainly not played well this season. Reggie Bullock has battled inconsistency. Mm-hmm. So those three top guys who aren't young prospects anymore, those are the guys that are underperforming. When I look at this Detroit roster and I see the young talent on this team. I think Bruce Brown, Luke Kennard, Stanley Johnson, and Kyrie Thomas. I don't see much other young talent on this roster. There, there just isn't. Those are four players that they all have unique potential in this league. Luke Kennard. I think Ryan and I have both said we think he can be a 20-point-per-game scorer in the NBA. Bruce Brown. I think the sky is the limit for Bruce Brown. I think if he can figure out how to shoot the ball a little bit better... You see he can attack the rim. You see the way he moves off the ball. And we know he can defend the hell out of anyone in this league. Mm-hmm. I think his his ceiling is very high. And I'm super happy that he's been given the opportunity to start and get consistent minutes this early in his career. Stanley Johnson. This might be finally the year where we figure out how to use Stanley Johnson. Where Dwayne Casey and the Pistons have finally figured out how to use Stanley Johnson. He's a guy that comes off the bench, can play either forward spot, might be best as a power forward, and you let him handle the ball, you let him go at the rim, you free him up rather than keep him locked into the corner in an offense where he's only going to get to shoot threes, his weakest part of his game. And then you have Kyrie Thomas, who we've barely seen this season, but he comes in against Milwaukee for the first time he gets consistent minutes, and he drops 13 points. There is young talent on this roster. It's not great. Not by any stretch of the imagination is it great. But this Detroit team is trying to win. And at some point, you have to accept that rather than just continue to complain about this team trying to win when they're not good enough to. You have to buy in, not even buy in, but you have to let the people in charge do what they're going to do. You have to let them try to build a winning roster. That's where you have to look at different ways that they can build it. Maybe Andre Drummond isn't a part of that. Maybe they do need to upgrade Richard Jackson, which I think they do. Maybe this young talent you can put together with different players on this roster to acquire a player that's going to improve this team, that's going to fit this team better. We can't just sit here and complain about a team trying to win and expect them to just tank and throw away everything Hold on. when there's no guarantee that they're going to get anything get built through the draft any better than the way that they've built now. You look at teams that have built through the draft. I mean, the Orlando Magic, for Christ's sake. They're in the lottery every single year. You know, four, five, seven, nine, right in that area. Who are their recent draft picks? Jonathan Isaac. Have we seen anything from him? 
No. Mario Hazonia. We know how that went. I mean, that was the guy that Detroit was looking at in that year's draft before they or after when before he was taken, and then they drafted Stanley Johnson. It's not like they're hitting on their draft picks. There are teams that just don't hit on their draft picks. That's just bad drafting. <clears throat> okay, and do you trust Here's, Detroit to make the right picks every I, single year? I need to revert back to a few other points you made. Number one, you said you go out and you get Blake Griffin every single time he's on that market and available. I disagree with you. I really do. Because when you have a roster that's already been grossly underperforming and you go out and you say, hey, listen, we're going to bring in a guy that financially restrains us for about the next four to five years because of his contract. Like, we're not going to be able to do anything. It's not. That's But, but it's you not, have to pay top talent. It's the can I finish? On this can I finish? And John Luer and Langston Galloway, where you have $17.5 million tied up in them Aaron, every year, that's where the cap issue no, is. But, but, but the point is, you've still invested a lot of money in Andre. You've still invested a lot of money in Reggie. Reggie's got one of the worst contracts in the NBA. That's just evictly and, false. And now you bring in Blake Griffin, and you take a roster that has failed to do anything, and you restrain yourself from being able to make any moves. You set up situations like where we are at right now, talking about moves that you know we'd like to see Detroit make, but they just can't make them because they have no assets, they have no financial flexibility, they can't do it. Okay. Another thing is, you said we can't sit here and quote-unquote complain about the Pistons trying to win when they don't have the roster to do it. As somebody, if you spend money on the organization, if you follow the organization, let's be honest, if you're one of the much smaller members of the fan base than it once was 10, 15 years ago, guess what? Yes, you can hold your organization responsible. And yes, you can have an opinion. And yes, you can voice your opinion. And you don't have to trust anybody in that organization because you owe them nothing. They owe you. If you are spending money, if you are keeping what they're doing alive, if you are still supporting and buying into this organization, guess what? You have a right to say what you want, when you want, and that's okay. And maybe you're not right, but you have the complete ability to say what you want and to hold this team accountable and responsible to how you see fit. And again, not always going to be right, but you have that ability and there's no reason you shouldn't be allowed to because you still follow the organization. I'm not going to sit back and just, oh, I guess I just got to trust the guys in charge because the Pistons haven't been in a position where they should be trusted for a long time. When's the last time that you've had confidence in Tom Gores? Like when he first got hired? Because that's about the last time I had confidence in the guy. And the problem is, I think Ed Stefanski could do a great job, but not with the guy above him that's going to force him to make moves that are out of the realm of what he'd like to do. Ed Stefanski could still trade for a couple second-round picks. He could still draft well in the second round, in the first round. But they're still going to have to make moves that tailor to winning now with a roster that is not built to win now. You are locked into a basketball team that is going to be no better than a four seed and more likely the six to eight seed as we have seen them play this year. I'm sorry, that's just a fact. So guess what? Yes, I can hold that organization accountable to the way I see fit. 
because I talk about them all the time. I spend money on the organization. I go to some games. I've been to the arena. I can say how I feel and have no problem in it. And it's time that Pistons fans acknowledge that you can hold your team accountable and still root for them and still want them to succeed. And not just be a negative Nancy, but to just be responsible about this whole operation. And it just... You just can't take the approach of, oh, well, we just got to trust the guys. I'm sorry. Don't be a yes man to this organization. Don't do it. Like, hold them accountable. You may not always be right. I'm not always right. It's okay. Because if I were this Pistons team, I'd blow it up and I'd love to build through the draft. And Aaron makes a point. He does. You have to be able to draft right. And you do miss draft picks. I mean, hell, look at the Pistons when they've been in the lottery. Greg Monroe, miss. Brandon Knight, miss. Andre Drummond, I mean, you hit something, but it wasn't the home run I think you thought you hit. I'm sorry, it's just not. Maybe it's a good double. It might even be ground rule double. You know, people are clapping, but it's not no home run. Sorry. Be mad about it. It's not. So, yes, you have to be able to hit on your picks. But there's also teams who draft well. There's also teams who have done it successfully. Philadelphia has done it successfully. Boston's put themselves in a position to get picks, and they have drafted successfully. And you look at the Pistons still being in that 7-8-9 area and missing out on some great players. The Devin Bookers and the Dennis Smiths. You just They just miss out. So, I'm going to hold this Detroit organization responsible, accountable to the way I see fit. And everybody has a right to do that. You may not always be correct in what you're saying. But it doesn't matter. Because that's called pro sports. That's called, hey, I spend money on this. I'm going to say what I want. So to go back to not trading for Blake Griffin, you don't think that you should. I can't believe a year later that when Blake Griffin has completely revolutionized his game, is averaging 25 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists, shooting 36% from the three-point line, has done has brought the leadership to Detroit mm-hmm. that the team has not had. I cannot believe that you are here saying that you would not do that. 17 and 19. That's not Blake Griffin's fault. Blake Griffin, if anything... Has led Detroit to those wins. Blake Griffin plays every You're game. Right. You hard, and I just have a no different philosophy. What. You and I just have a different philosophy on where you want to see this team. Brendan, you're blaming the Pistons for acquiring a player that is going to get paid somewhere. Like he's going to get paid money somewhere. That's fine. That's fine. He was. I'm just saying, if I'm the Pistons and I look at the surrounding roster and I look at Reggie Jackson being injured and you never know what you're really going to get out of him because you haven't had him healthy on the floor for a full season in a while. You look at a guy like Andre Drummond who has been inconsistent to be nice throughout his entire career. And the supporting cast were at the beginning of the year. Stanley Johnson was a big question mark. I know you were very high on Bruce Brown and Kyrie Thomas. We didn't know what level of impact they would have this year. You know, Luke Kennard. A guy that, again, you have very high hopes for, but you weren't sure what you're going to get out of this year. You and I just have a different mindset on things. Me, I'm blowing this thing up. Yeah, you're. It, it just it shocks me that as someone who spends so much time watching and caring about the Pistons, you would give such a casual take of, 
blow it up, build it through the draft, and you're just going to expect better results. I've That's been, just not how it I've works. I've been on that page the whole time. But it's just not how it works. You can't just say, blow it up and, and build this perfect team. You can't just say, I'm going to go out and buy Blake Griffin, and he's all of a sudden going to make us a contender. Because guess what? That's it hasn't ha- worked. Okay. That's not what they're doing, though. It they're- is what Tom Gores wants to do. It's exactly what he said he's doing. And that's why the team is still trying to upgrade the roster. But you have no financial flexibility. You can't just go out and upgrade to get to a position to go from, hey, we're going to teeter in the 6-8 to eight spot to we're going to compete with Milwaukee. You are so many moves away from that, and you got no flexibility. Does it happen in one season for every team? I don't think so. But a team doesn't just build a roster that goes from out of the playoffs to a top four seed within one season unless they have everything go possibly right for them. How much financial flexibility do you have next year? You don't. Okay. How about the year after that? You have a lot. Reggie Jackson's off the books. Langston Galloway's off the books. And John Luer is off the books. Well, guess what? If Dwayne Casey's still a coach, let me tell you, they're going to pay Langston Galloway. That guy's going to be back. Who else is off the books? John Luer, get rid of him. Who else? Reggie Jackson. They're going to pay Reggie Jackson, most likely. No, they're not. They're trying to trade Reggie Jackson. Well, good luck. Okay. Good luck. But you just, you're just saying, hey, blow everything up. Screw this team. You're right. You're right. And we're going to build through the draft. I've said that for two years, though. Okay. I've said and that for two years. that's just such a casual take because it just doesn't work like that. Every team that has gone through the draft has had to make other moves. Look at the Philadelphia 76ers, a team that tanked for Aaron, years you're and right. years and I years. I just don't believe they in your pieces. Up, and they have Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid, and they had to make a trade to get Jimmy Butler. They had to go and make a big move to get a big-time player yeah. and, and spend that but they, money oh, to oh, get But Jimmy they Butler. drafted... They built their foundation, and then they made the finishing okay, move. But Detroit pretty much did the same thing in drafting Andre Drummond. They established a foundation in, we are going to build around and with this big man, right? Okay. So then they go and spend on Blake Griffin. This team just isn't the same, okay? Teams can try to build through the draft, but it's not going to work. And at the same time, you still have to go out and spend just, money on other players. I fundamentally disagree with you because you Look can build Phoenix. through the draft and it works. Phoenix with the fourth pick drafted Josh Jackson. They drafted Dragon Bender. They've drafted Marquise Chris. They've been lottery bound for the last six or seven seasons. And they have not done jack shit besides drafting Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. That's what they have to show for all these years in the lottery. Oh, sorry, you lottery. have like, one of the best up-and-coming players in the league. They have two players out of six or seven years okay. of being absolutely awful. Okay. How many players are you going to? Are you can Detroit as a city and as a franchise afford to say, "Hey, we're just going to be absolute garbage"? You might as well not even watch us. You know what? As we try to build a roster, and then when we when we want your financial support down the line, you just better hope we're we're developed by three that. years ago. Yeah, you could have because you already had no support in the city. I'm sorry, you didn't. You can't. You you just can't do that, and you can't expect Detroit. Any other I don't get why NBA you just say can't. Just you just say can't. You say it like it's just, hey, this is not a possibility. Hey, blowing it up and trying to draft and trying to build your foundation through through younger talent is just not a possibility. This is why I hate the process. Because the process led to tanking, and tanking resulted in the Philadelphia 76ers getting two very solid young pieces. But... Everything it's also overlooked the misses that they've had in the draft. You're right. They've had some misses. And now I, I every that. fan base, there's people that just say, Hey, let's just blow it up and let's build through the draft. And they just expect okay. that it's gonna turn into this uh, this team full of young studs that can compete and are gonna win a championship. No. And that's just no. not how it works. I said no no no. I've never said that. What I have said though is that your roster right now isn't winning shit. 
sorry. You're not winning shit. You get a you get a four seed out of the Blake Griffin era. God bless you. Unless if you go out and you trade a guy like Andre Drummond and really open up some room on the books, I'm sorry. This team just isn't done. It, it doesn't happen in one year, like I just said. You're right. But We're the, not even but a the year pairing into of Reggie and Andre and Stanley has been several years. Okay, and that's why they're trying to make changes. That's why Reggie Jackson's been on the trade market. That's why Stanley Johnson's been on the trade market. This team is making changes. Okay, you can't you look act, at this you, Blake Griffin. But you're not going to go less trade. than a year into it and be like, oh, because Detroit's not the four seed, they're absolute garbage. They need to blow it up. You have to give it more time than that. Talk to anyone within I'm, the league, and they're going to say the same thing. You can't just expect these dramatic results after one change and, and and expect it to happen so soon. It's a process. It takes time. It takes different moves. It well, takes development. It takes building chemistry. Well, I'll put it this way. Unless if Reggie Jackson's going to land you some all-star, good luck. Because Reggie Jackson, to me, has not done anything great in his Pistons tenure. He's had some good moments. Nothing great. And it's not a guy that's going to land you something great. But I guess we will respectfully shake hands. But that's not what I'm saying. I literally and tweeted yesterday I that Reddy Jackson oh, doesn't bring you back a top 35 and, player. And just hope that because the Pistons are, are on your path. Like, I'm an outsider. Like this is that I see it differently than what the Pistons are doing. And as a a, a you know a podcaster and somebody that watches the team and follows the organization I have every right to say how I would do it and Aaron has every right to say how he would do it so I hope that you're right I hope that there's some follow up moves I hope that Detroit can continue to be a contender because they are all in on competing right now that's the direction they're in so if they're going to do it you might as well do it to the highest potential I, again, am just stating that I hate the way that the Pistons are doing it because you have settled for being a contender for a home playoff spot in the East really as your ceiling, barring something unforeseen. I guess that's where kind of we stand. And the Pistons still stand at 17 and 19. Looking to you know, get back on track. Obviously, they did win their last one against Milwaukee. They're now home on January 5th against the Jazz. And then they bring in the Spurs on Monday for a 7 o'clock game at Little Caesars Arena. Spurs team has been playing pretty good basketball lately. Really put it on Toronto uh, the other night, or last night, excuse me. Um, and then they go back on the road for four games out west where they take on uh, Utah again in that last game of the road trip, both L.A. teams and Sacramento. So an interesting road trip again ahead for the Pistons after a couple of home games early in the week next week. So we will be potting after that Sacramento game. So we'll have a pod after one, two, three, four more Pistons games. We'll see how they do in that four-game stretch. The last time it wasn't too friendly to Detroit in that break between last week and this week. Hopefully they're able to turn it a little bit around within the next week. So we appreciate everybody that's tuned into the Palace of Pistons podcast today. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Palace of Pistons. You can follow Aaron at A. Johnson NBA. You can follow myself at Media Brendan. Hey, Ryan Pay's got the flu. Do him a favor, help him feel a little better. Toss him a follow on Twitter at Ryan Pay. Pay is P A Y E. Subscribe, rate, review to the podcast. It's growing. We're also on Facebook now. 
So search the Palace of Pistons or the at is Palace of Pistons podcast on Facebook. Definitely check that out. Tell your friends. Share the page. Like the page. Some exclusive content will be hitting that platform as well very, very soon. You will not want to miss that. Uh, As the Palace of Pistons is growing in 2019, we look forward to the ride, and we look forward to next week on the Palace of Pistons podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.